Welcome to West Virginia Beer Roads, a podcast all about beer from a West Virginia perspective. I'm Aaron McCoy here with my podcast partner, Charles Bakway. Well, Aaron, we have a special holiday program today. Well, what gave that away? Oh, <laughs> uh, maybe this uh, Santa sweater I, I, I'm wearing. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> no, we're festive today because we're so fortunate to have five representatives from West Virginia breweries, and we're going to be talking all about beer in this most festive, wonderful time of year. Uh, so what do you say we get started? I think we should. Let's do it. Okay. Here with us now from Bad Shepherd Beer Company in Charleston is Ross Williams. From Big Timber Brewing in Elkins is Chris Newsom. From High Ground Brewing in Terra Alta is Dallas Wolf. From Morgantown Brewing Company is Cody Cheesebro. And finally, from Weathered Ground Brewery in Cool Ridge is Sam Fonda. Well, I want to thank you guys for joining with us today to talk about beer in this festive holiday season. And the first question I'm going to ask you is, what's your favorite holiday beer to drink and to brew? And I'm not talking about, you know, just a traditional holiday style or a seasonal style, but really just what are you enjoying drinking and brewing this winter? And Ross Williams of Bad Shepherd Beer Company, we're going to start with you. Uh, so I'd say probably my favorite these days is uh, our coconut porter, uh, coconut turnpike. So it has a little coffee, toasted coconut flakes, and, uh, you know, a nice rich porter for cold, cold weather. Chris Newsom of Big Timber Brewing, what do you think? I enjoy having uh, the, the winter warmers. Um, sometimes I enjoy some spice. Um, I was actually in the Northern Virginia area this weekend and they actually put a rim around the, the glass. Um, sometimes that can be too much for me. I think I'd prefer like a half and half maybe for the option. Um, but with that being said, uh, nationally, uh, I've been really digging into some uh, celebration by Sierra Nevada. Um, really good fresh hop beer. Dallas Wolf. High Ground Brewing, it's your turn. All right, so uh, for, for drinking, uh, there's a lot of them to mention, but uh, I guess uh, Peace Among Worlds, which is our horchata porter, it's uh, super good. It uh, tastes like that, the horchata, which is the, the Mexican-inspired drink. Uh, nice cinnamon, uh, low ABV, so it's, it, you know, you don't get, uh, get blasted when you're drinking it. And uh, Another one that I like that we have that comes out during Christmas time is uh, the Woodsman, which is our Dunkel. Um, I know that uh, there's a lot of people that really into that one, and I, I particularly uh, pretty much drink that almost all the time when I'm in the brewery <coughs> uh, during the winter months. And then uh, some cross promotional uh, love out to Weather Ground for Frost Notch, or not Frost Notch, but uh, Frosted Ground. I, I love that beer, and uh, I tell Sam every time it comes out that I love it. So uh, cheers to you, buddy. But as far as brewing goes, you know, uh, we really do enjoy making peace among worlds. So I've said enough. Thank you. Cody Cheesebro, Morgantown Brewing Company. Your turn. Uh, gotta say my favorite beer to brew in the holiday season is the holiday blonde, just because we always make sure that's a brew day that even though it's, it's kind of an easy, simple, it's just a little 10 barrel batch. So we just kind of do one turn on the brew house and rent a fermenter and it's an easy six hour day. 
we always make it an all hands on deck day and it's just kind of like a once a year we everyone gets together to just brew that beer for fun so that one's my favorite one to brew definitely favorite one to drink is probably my favorite one to drink the whole rest of the year which is the the golden boy kolsch which is on tap at the brew pub sam fonda you're up now weathered ground brewery yeah my favorite beer to uh i'm a sucker for seasonal stuff so uh i love you know when the winter months come around to uh to brew and drink stuff with uh spices and some darker beers um and uh when we lived in charlotte and worked at a brewery there we used to uh, blend uh two beers and I, I sort of copy that uh at home when i'm here um when we brewed our frosted ground which is our winter lager with uh, vanilla uh i actually do sort of like a half and half and that's what i'm having now i'll do uh, half of the uh, winter lager and then i'll top it off with our uh, breakfast stout and then i'll just uh and then i'll just sprinkle some cinnamon in there and sort of mix it around with my finger and uh and it's it's uh it's awesome uh, we might start doing that in the tap room actually like just a uh a little blend maybe for fun love brewing frosted ground this year our winter lager this year i think it turned out uh best batch yet and uh yeah well we know that every little boy and girl and brewer has written down their holiday wish list and mailed it to the north pole so what is one thing you would like santa to bring to your brewery this year Dallas Wolf, you start this time. I guess Christmas came early this year for me because we just got a new fermenter. So we got a, a 20 barrel fermenter this year, which is which is pretty great. So that was on my wish list and uh, I ended up getting it early. So uh, good good for us. So that, that's pretty cool. We're, we're getting ready to incorporate it here uh, very soon. Um, of course, you know, uh, I guess if, 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 if Santa was to bring something to us that we don't already have, which we have a lot, which is a great staff and a great fan fan base. And, uh, that's like family. Um, I'd say, uh, maybe a new canning line. Uh, I mean, the canning line we got is good, but it, it does give us a lot of grief. Uh, so it'd be nice to get an upgrade on that. Cody cheese, bro. You're up. Man. <laughs> I was joking. We do brewery tours. People ask, Oh, do you have one of these or one of those? Like they go to all the different breweries and, I would say, like, in the, in the world of beer, there's, like, a $75,000 toy for pretty much everything you could ever imagine. Uh, luckily, the I mean, the brew pub's been around for a while, so they've accumulated at least a few of those things. But I think if we could have anything anything gifted to us from, oh, man, if anybody's listening, I don't even know who. But if, <laughs> if we could have anything, I would love a, uh, a pasteurizer so that we could do more uh, can distribution. We don't have to sell everything right in-house because we could have a longer shelf life, but that's a pie in the sky. That's a, that's a maybe one day in a, in a distant timeline. Sam Fonda, your turn. Uh, a little bit more normalcy, maybe in the, uh, in the, uh, you know, world in general with, I miss, uh, I miss hanging out with, uh, with all the guys on this zoom. And uh, I think half of that is, was, you know, kind of COVID stuff. And then the other half was, uh, you know, we had, a, we had a baby, 
11 months ago and like uh which is awesome but i miss going to events and going to tap takeovers and going to festivals and stuff like that and uh i want to do a lot more of that stuff this year and you know get out there and uh and uh mix it up with with everybody i miss a lot of people and i want to uh get back to representing our company uh i haven't really done that as much aaron and i haven't done that as much this past year and and uh, we want to get back into that. Also, it'd be cool to have some new fermenters like Dallas said, or, you know, uh, some new equipment. Um, that would also be really cool. <laughs> Maybe we'll do that. Now we'll hear from Ross Williams. Uh, well, I'll, I'll just say, Dallas, if they bring you a, if Santa brings you a new canning line, I'll take your old one. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, you know, Actually, we need a couple more Christmas trees down here, and now there's this Christmas tree shortage I'm hearing about. So, uh, so yeah, Santa could drop off a few more Christmas trees in Charleston, I think. Um, you know, canning line would be fine. <laughs> and finally, Chris Newsom, what do you think? I think I pretty much echo everything that Dallas said. We, uh, we were fortunate enough to get... Uh, two new fermenters. So we have a total of uh, four or 15 barrel fermenters now. Um, and, you know, of course, a new canning lab would be great. Um, but I think ultimately, uh, I would prefer to have a nice test batch system, probably something around the size of five barrels. Because um, right now, we're basically test batching straight into our 15s. And uh, you know, it's scary from time to time, because, you know, what if you do have to dump that batch, but yeah, five barrels would be a little more comforting than 15. 2020 and 2021 were years full of changes and challenges, most of which we could have never predicted ahead of time. But we're going to ask you to get out your crystal ball, peer into it, and tell me your prediction for your brewery or for the craft beer world in 2022. So make your prediction. And uh, Sam Fonda, I'm going to start out with you. Hmm. I don't know about the world, uh, but for West Virginia, you know, I hear rumors that like a lot of people are, are moving into the state from big cities because they want to get out of the heavily populated areas and get into buying property in rural areas and stuff like that. And I hope that has a big economic boost in our state. And I hope that we get more craft beer drinkers um, come in and, uh, and I hope that helps out our local craft beer community. Um, and I hope, you know, it's like that for other you know, it's not rural anymore if, if everybody moves here, but uh, but I hope that we, we get a lot more craft beer drinkers and uh, enthusiasts and, and people who want to spend money on uh, high quality beer. And uh, and I can see that happening in 2022 here. Um, I think that uh, West Virginia beer has, uh, has grown dramatically over the past couple of years and uh, and even through even through the pandemic, every, uh, a lot of breweries muscled through and and uh, you know switched gears and did awesome stuff. And so um, I'm hoping that everybody uh, just I'm hoping that we and everybody else jumps into that uh, and 
moves forward and, and, uh, and yeah, um, I just hope it's a, I hope it's a good year. Cody, what's your crystal ball saying? Uh, yeah, so obviously the past couple of years have been uh, complicated for everybody in a, a lot of different ways. And I mean, it's a, everything that's happened has affected everyone differently. And tourism breweries were not treated too kindly amidst people just generally not leaving home nearly as often and traveling from city to city as often. And it, we're in a university town, so a lot of our business is kind of dependent on people coming and going for moving their kids in and out, the sporting events and everything, the university conferences, uh, people in other parts of the state are, it's more like the outdoor activity. And I think that the economists have kind of looked at the situation. They're all generally agreeing that 2023 into 2024 is when the world is going to start to look like a little bit more like it did as busy as it was in 2019 before the pandemic started. Uh, but with some permanent changes that have happened. So I think that, you know, I don't think anybody wants to really predict what's going to happen generally in the world anymore because we always seem to get proven wrong over and over and over. But I do think that the breweries that have been able to pivot and make the changes that they've needed to make to get through everything that's happened over the past couple of years are going to have really bright futures moving forward just because I think that everything will come back. It's just... It's going to take time for the market to build back its its confidence. Okay, Dallas, you're up. Uh, so we haven't really talked about the uh, style trends. Um, so I, this is just maybe wishful thinking, but I'm I'm seeing a uh, potential uh, increase in interest in the more traditional, simplistic, well executed styles of beer like lagers and uh, some of the more traditional ales. Um, and maybe uh, some more people out there that are that are uh, not just totally dialed into the stout IPA sour categories. Um, so maybe that's a crystal ball. Maybe that's just a little bit of wishful thinking. But I love those styles, and I and I hope uh, I hope to see you know you know people continue to do those. Um, and then um, I think uh, in the in the craft brewer world, also I think we may up, be up for some 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 challenges financially uh, as far as shipping and uh, maybe some inventory availability. I know that I being, I currently am uh, getting hit pretty hard with shipping costs. I know that like it's almost hundred to 200% more money uh, just for shipping uh, for, for things that are on pallets uh, right now, uh, just depending on who you're going with and what you're ordering. Um, so I'm hoping that goes away soon, but it, it doesn't look likely uh, for 2022. So, you know, hope it gets better, but I, I don't know. I, th I think it's going to get, I think uh, what we may end up seeing is some increases in pricing, um, not specifically from high ground. We're going to, going to hold, we're going to, you know, stand fast as, 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 uh, as best as we can, but uh, there, you may see some, some increases in prices from other, other places, um, just from, especially from breweries that are outside of the state of West Virginia, just due to the costs that it takes to move it out from some outer territories into, into our area. Um, so, you, you know, you might see your bells and other places get a little bit more expensive uh, just because of the, the freight charges. So that's a, uh, crystal ball is a little cloudy, but uh, that's what I can see inside of it. Chris, what, what do you think? I, I once again, agree with uh, what Dallas was talking about. 
um, more traditional styles of beers, uh, definitely some um, inventory issues. We, we had a, a big spout with IPA cans there. Um, took, I think, upwards of seven to eight months to, to get our truckload of cans. Um, and once again, we're, we're stuck with without having any porter cans. So hopefully next week we're going to get a truckload of those cans. Um, but back to the, to, to the beers, I kind of feel that it's going to go towards the whole health conscience, conscious uh, segment, uh, gluten reduced. Um, I know the non-alcohol beers are kind of becoming more popular. Um, that's kind of being driven by the, uh, the younger crowd for sure. So it'll be interesting, interesting to see how that uh, evolves, develops, and, and gets bigger in that segment. Um, but yeah, it, it's it's really tough to to predict that exactly. But um, I'm definitely excited about the more traditional styles of beers to kind of break through a little bit more. And last, Ross, what's your predictions? So I feel like. Uh we're all kind of getting similar feedback from customers maybe because um, we've seen seltzer go way down, you know, that seltzer segment dropped off in a big way, bigger than they were expecting, but I'm seeing people like Pilsners, you know, they're, they're kind of wanting that easier drinking thing, but they don't want all that sugar or sweetness. I mean, they still like fruity beers, but, um, the lighter, lighter lagers are definitely popular. Um, and I have a, I have a beer with some more IBUs on tap and, uh, you know, maybe it's just a handful of people who happen to like that and I've interacted with, but, uh, they're enjoying some bitterness. So I could see some, uh, you know, I could see some West coast IPA action even. And one final question we're going to get into with everybody. I'd like to hear some of the things that, based on all these predictions, we've talked about the future of the local brewing industry and the just craft beer in general. What are some of the things that you think could enhance uh, that legislatively or regulatory? Uh, what some changes that might be beneficial that would help our craft beer industry grow? Sam, you get to start this time again. Uh, as far as laws go, I mean, uh, I can't speak for us specifically, but I know other breweries have, have problems with it, uh, making label approval easier and more of a, uh, general, you know, I know the breweries, breweries that go through distributors and the distributors demand label approval immediately, getting that label approval is a big deal. And so maybe making that process easier and then, uh, and then, um, you know, we all like to hang out and come up with different beers. So the collaboration thing, uh, I'm not, sh I'm not sure. Uh, that's kind of a gray area. I know we've talked to the, uh, Aaron at short story, who's our, uh, guild president about that. It's kind of a gray area, but we all like to hang out and make different beers together. And so that, that would be cool if that was, uh, if there, if, uh, if it was just well known that that's accepted and, and we can do that. Um, I know there's some more, 
some more uh, extreme things that other people would like to get changed probably, but uh, maybe that's a little out of my ballpark. I, I don't, I don't have a lot to chime in on that. Cody, what about you? Is there something specific you'd like to discuss? Legislative goal that I would love to see change would be uh, some kind of a term limit on the franchise agreements that breweries sign with distributors. So I tell the story all the time and I'm always, I'm always advocating for this. When we, by the time Chris and I took over Morgantown Brewing Company, the, all of the different owners had already signed franchise agreements to, it was something like 17 different distributors all across West Virginia. And the state law dictates that you have to offer the same beers at the same prices to all of those different distributors or else you're, you're being discriminatory against them. So our decision was either, okay, we have to either be keeping thousands of kegs and running this huge distribution operation with all kinds of distributors calling us all times a day and, and moving a bunch of kegs that we can't really keep up with or do no distribution at all and sell everything only at the brew pub because all the contracts are for life. So I feel like it's reasonable to just say, why don't we just make the terms something like two years? And then if the distributor and the brewer both still like each other after two years, then you just renew it and you do the same thing again. I mean, I've worked with distributors. We've done self just I've, I've done a lot. I've sold beer in a lot of different ways in the state of West Virginia. And it seems like when prohibition was repealed in the 20s, it was sort of a mad grab for who was going to make the rules and that's a huge concession that brewers of the day made was that they could, all of the contracts had to be lifetime contracts. I, I don't even know of any other industry where something like that exists. And I feel like it's relatively low hanging fruit legislatively that if the guild can get behind it, I think it's something we could really actually get done. That's, uh, that's, that's definitely our big school. Dallas, how about you? Yeah, I mean, I'll be brief because uh, I feel like Cody really hit it. Um, you know, we're self-distributing breweries, so this doesn't apply to us currently. But um, I do, I do think that the distributor uh, franchise contracts uh, for a lifetime, and you can't get out of them, is something that uh, legislatively I'd like to see because you know uh, there may be a, a point in time where we want to maybe start uh, dabbling in some distributors, and uh, you know, terrified to do it. It's uh, it's one of those things where you get a contract, and then yeah, I mean, that's a lifetime. I mean, who knows? The ownership could change. I mean, you may end up liking somebody and uh, you don't like them or they're not representing your brand or they're storing your beer incorrectly. Uh, there's all kinds of really like scary things about it. And, um, you know, that's why we're self-distributing uh, just because we're so paranoid about how our beer is handled. Um, you know, on the other hand, I understand why the spirit of the, of the rule. Um, it's one of those where, you know, your smaller distributors, um, you know, they, you know, for instance, uh, Preston Silver Eagle in Preston County, uh, they're a small distributor. They, they, they distribute to Preston County. And if Anheuser-Busch would decide to uh, get rid of them, then that would be like, a, you know, be a death nail to them because that's one of their, their major distribution. You know, that, that's what they distribute for. So I get it. So maybe if your brewery has a certain, like up to a certain barrel limit. So like if you produce under so many thousand barrels, annually then you know you have these two-year contracts like cody's talking about and that's i feel like that's a little bit more maybe be, maybe a little bit more palatable uh for some of the distributors out there um to where you know they're not feeling like they're backed into a corner to where they're they're now the, the people that are at risk uh there, there has to be some happy medium to where everybody um 
you know, everybody can be protected. Um, Cause I mean, the spirit of, you know, the law that I, I think we're trying to achieve is, is that, you know, everybody, nobody gets taken advantage of and there's no law that, uh, that, that sets somebody up for a complete failure uh, or uh, being put out of business. Uh, that that's that's where I, th I think it should go and I totally agree and uh, you know I'd love to see that happen thank you Chris what do you think uh, I definitely agree with Dallas and Cody um, it, it, I, I see firsthand um, you know of course we'll get a, a distributor that comes and picks up from a very um, very populous region and they'll pick up a pallet of kegs and then we'll get another uh, distributor that will come up from another region uh, where they have maybe a quarter of the population and pick up four to five pallets of kegs. And like, there's, it seems like there's, there's no way to create that competition between distributors to maybe in, uh, incentivize the distributors to, to sell your product more. Um, but it does, require us to maybe put a little more boots on the ground uh going door to door saying hey come buy some good local beer um so i mean maybe maybe that's what it has to get back to a little bit more um but i would like to also see uh maybe some more into the shipping side of it it would be cool to to be able to to, to send off some one-offs uh or like big specialty like pastry stouts or, or something like that um but you know unfortunately we're not allowed to do that kind of thing and Ross, what do you have to add? Anything? You know, it's a lot to think about. And, uh, you know, I'm pretty day to day, but it would be a monumental change to have something, something change with distributorship laws. And, uh, you know, in that lifetime contract, it, it's always seemed like just such a crazy thing to me. And, uh, you know, and I've seen seen the results just over and over again where uh it goes really well sometimes and it goes terribly sometimes and uh you know it can it can put a small brewery operation in a really tough spot uh if even one of their big distributors is not not playing ball we're just not working with them um you know Bad Shepherd self-distributes, and uh, it's been it's been worth it to keep up with that so far. Um, you know, there there could be a day where we need some more more you know help with the output, but uh, probably not anytime soon. So. Okay, well, that about wraps up our holiday session of West Virginia Beer Roads, guys. Those are some great predictions and wishes and hopeful changes that could happen to benefit craft beer in 2022. I hope for your sake and ours that all of our beer wishes and yours come true. And thanks, everyone. Brew strong in 2022. And best wishes to you, your families, all your employees. We love what you do. So for co-host Aaron McCoy, I'm Charles Bachway saying thank you for tuning in to West Virginia Beer Roads. It's a production of BrilliantStream.com.